Luke chapter number 2, beginning in verse number 1, the Bible said, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed, and this taxing was first made when Serenus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one, notice this, into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth to Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary his espoused wife. And notice this, being great with child. Are you with me? Say amen. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished, that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, notice this, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. Notice this, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Brother Chris, do the honor. Yes, Lord. Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Amen, amen. Now, as you take your seat, I want you to turn over in the book of John. And it should be a very familiar scripture to all of us. John chapter number 3. John chapter number 3, and begin reading in verse number 15, the Bible said that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Now notice what it says in 16, one of our favorite verses, and no doubt one of yours. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Last week as I began to ponder on what God would have me to say today, I, I, 
I tell you, the greatest message that's ever been told in any history period, in any place that, that I can mention in any universe, was the story of our Lord and Savior being born. That's the greatest story that I could ever, ever get across to you. But God somehow tied that story with John 3.16 here in my heart, for God so loved the world. Now, God gave us Jesus from the moment he was conceived in Mary's womb. He had a purpose, he had a reason for coming, and he was going to fulfill it. So if we look at it right, and you've heard me preach the message for God, but have you thought about this? Go back all the way to the book of Genesis. The Bible said that God created everything that you and I know. So for God so loved you and I, he has actually created a place for us. We're living in a place God created. So for God so loved you and I, and I want to say this, you weren't really all that lovable. And some of you may not still be too lovable. But God loved us so much that he made this place for us to dwell. And not only that, but he made this place where he could come and dwell with us. You say, how do you know that? Go back and read the book of Genesis. In the cool of the evening, God came and walked with man. He had to cry out, where are you, Adam? Seeing it come in. So for God so loved the world, he created the world. He created everything in this world. He so loved you and I that if, if you go down, just go from book to book in your Bible. In Exodus, God loved us enough, he got us out of that mess. Amen. Go to the book of Daniel. God loved Daniel so much he made them lines nothing but a feather bed. Right? I'm talking about what, what God has done for us. Amen? Think about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What our natural eyes would see as a total disaster, total hopelessness, and God walked around in the fire with them. Now, I, I, there's, there's a point to all this, so stay with me. Don't let me lose you. So God did not do away with the fire. God did not do away with the man that was angry enough to throw him in there. But God went in the fire with them. And there was not even a smell of smoke on them. Then you can go on in the Bible in many, many places and read stories like this. And it should stick out in your heart and your mind. For God done these things that you and I would understand that what I just read to you in Luke is true. God had already proved himself by the time Jesus came on the picture. He had already proved he could go in the fire with you. He had already proved he could bring you out of bondage. He had already proved he could part the Red Sea. He'd already proved, and according to stats, and somebody with more brains than I got, 65 boxcar loads of quail flew in to feed that crowd. I mean, what else has God got to do to prove that you 
truly are love. For God so loved the world that he gave us what? He gave us a baby called Jesus. He gave us hope in a manger. Amen. Isn't it, isn't it funny that the greatest thing that ever came to this earth came in one of the lowest forms. No room for him in the end. There ain't much room for him in America anymore, is there? I, I'm sad to say this statement right here, but it's so true. There's not much room for him in church anymore. Church folk don't want for God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give us? Well, he gave us the beginning in Genesis. He gave us deliverance in Exodus. He gave us hope through Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He gave us hope that, that he will always be there with us. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. So then we get down to the story of the birth of our Lord and Savior. And we see that a virgin birth. Not just a birth, but a virgin birth. Now this is a miracle in itself that a virgin would have a baby. That's a miracle that only God could do. Then we see that this baby was growing up just like you and I. He went to the customs that were set from the book all the way to the end. He went by every custom. He was circumcised. He was brought before the Lord. And what do we see when he's brought to the house of God to be circumcised? The Lord's servant looked up and said, I can go home now. The Savior's come. The deliverer's come. Go back and read that story about them circumcising him and who was there and what was happening and what was taking place. And, and, and what struck me was, he said, I can go home now. In other words, God told him you ain't leaving till you see the salvation. Don't you know every day, he said, Lord, is he here? Now think about this church. There was a star that shone on Bethlehem that led the shepherds right to the baby. How many others saw that same star? I just wondered if these that were in the temple waiting to circumcise him had saw that same star and said, surely that kid's him. Surely that is him that is being delivered. For God so loved the world that he gave us all these books that we hold in our hand. And every one of them has a story that's unbelievably. Only God could do the things that's in this book. And not just once but repeatedly. Then we get to John 3.16. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave. Listen, friend. He gave it. But you have to receive it. Are you with me? Now I've been to a lot of eating in the last couple of weeks. And they gave me opportunity to eat all I wanted. I took that opportunity. 
Not only did I take that opportunity, I took a go box. Amen. How many leave the house of God hungry every week? I mean, God has set the table, it's spread, it's full, it's filling, and people just will not come. You want me to tell you how to help you? How do you start your meal when you're out here? By praying. Yes, the Lord's blessing. When was the last time you just came to an altar and prayed for God's blessing to be on the service? You didn't come up here to beg God for something or uh, nothing like that. You just come up here and said, God, let this service be blessed. Let the preaching be blessed. Let the singing be blessed. Let the testimonies be blessed. When's the last time we did that? We just come and just give to the Lord. So we bless our meal and then we go around and we get our favorites to start with. And to me, I'm just the opposite now. I go around and I get everything that I don't know what is. Why do I want to do that? Because I want to make sure I know what it is by the time I'm done that day. I mean, if I've already had ham. My wife's ham's out of this world. But if there's some kind of fried something other there, I'm going to try that fried something other. I don't care if it's rattlesnake or gopher or what it is. I'm on a tribe out of it. Why? Because God put it on the table. And if God put it on our table, don't you think we ought to try it and eat it? So we come to the house of God for God so loved the world that he gave us this day. This day. This is Sunday. The day of the Lord. We should have come in rejoicing. Not Listen, not just because it's Sunday, but because it reminds us of what yesterday was. The birth of our hope eternal. How many read the post that I put on there? You know, it's so often that we want to celebrate Christmas, but we don't want to celebrate Christ. We want to get a gift, but we don't even want to give ourselves to his service. We want him to give us health, wealth, wisdom, good families, good jobs, good home. And what do we give God? For God so loved the world that he gave and you did not even deserve it, but he gave it to you anyhow. We go back to Genesis when God was creating the things that are created and he looked and said, and it was good. And it was good. And it was good. Think about when he created you in his own image. Now I don't know about you. I've got two boys. I'm proud of both my boys. They look like me. According to their mama they act like me. I ain't sure she's bragging or complaining on that side of it. But it's a very good possibility they act like their daddy. Now think about it. For God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. He gave us his image. He gave us eternal hope. The question today, my church, is what have we given Jesus? This may hurt your feelings, but I'm going to have to say it anyhow. Did you spend God's money 
on somebody else and you didn't pay your tithes today? You know what else I thought of? I wonder how many will go to the house of God and they're so tired today they're sitting in service like this. Because they gave everything else to the world. When God was the one that gave you Jesus, when God was the one that gave you Jesus to die for you, when God was the one that gave you the hope of eternal life through the redemption of His blood, Him being beaten to a pulp, drugged through the cities, put in a mockery trial, put on public display, and he did it all because he loved you. Not for his sins, but for your sins and my sins. And we come to the house of God, and we can't even give him a couple of hours with our eyes wide awake. We can't raise our hand. We can't ring our bell. We can't pray in an altar, even though we know we should. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And the begotten part is the part you really need to understand. Do you understand that's the only one that God ever overshadowed a woman? The only begotten son of God. So he could feel what it feels like to have flesh and blood of his own. He did that for you and I. For God so loved the world that he gave us this day. He gave us this opportunity. He gave us, and, and Brother Benny's already said it, we were busy this year. Thank God, because the year before, we didn't get to do nothing. Now think about it. Isn't it time, church, that we start trying to do just a little bit more than coming to church. When I was talking with Brother Orlando right in Jamaica yesterday and I was telling him about us singing and going to the highway. Now Brother Orlando, when I go over there and stay with him for eight or nine days, he takes me to the highway. He takes me to every church he can get me in. He takes me to every bar he can get me in. He takes me to every street corner he can get me on. Why? Because his ministry is the neighborhood, not just the church. He's took me to the police station. I have actually preached in the police station. Wonder what they'd do if I went uptown up here tomorrow and say, I've come up here to preach. We'll put you in a cell. Go right ahead. Preach all you want. Right? But the captain at the police station called Brother Orlando and said, Bring that man. Bring him to the station here. And I want him to preach to the officers. Not the prisoners, but to the officers. And he brought all the officers in at Guy's Hill. And I preached to them there. I preached on a lot of street corners way out in the middle of nowhere, nothing but one street light. They call it Post Road. And if, how many's ever been up 105 on the backside of the lake? 
Post Road and 105, 105's interstate. Yeah, I'm serious. You know what Post Road is? I'm not joking you. It's one of these great big uke tires laying in the middle of the road, and that's a four-way intersection, and you go around that tire. I'm serious. And that's where they put me to preach right there. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? I'm talking about church. It's time that we take it outside the four walls. But if we ain't got it right inside the four walls, we better not take it outside the four walls. If we've not got our heart where we need to have it and realize that this story, God gave us Jesus. God gave us an opportunity to realize that we could be like him. And we should be like him. For God so loved the world. Let me tell you something, friends, you may not understand. God still loves you. God still cares for you. God still loves the lost sinner, the backslider, the dope addicts, the whoremongers, the murderers. God still loves them. I believe the churches have lost their love for them. Therefore, we don't want to go to the highways and the hedges because we're afraid we'll get somebody we don't like. We're afraid somebody will come that'll maybe not have a bath or a home. I was that homeless man one time. I didn't have a home in heaven. Don't call hell a home. Hell is a hell hole. But see, I was homeless. I didn't have no father. I didn't have no hope. I couldn't see no way out. And there came an old scarred hand. That reached down to an old sinner's heart. There came a nail-scarred hand that was a baby laying in a manger. There came a nail-scarred hand that was stretched out willingly at Calvary's cross. And he uttered not a word so I could have a home. I could have hope. I could have joy unspeakable and full of glory now. Because since the day God saved my soul, I have had joy unspeakable full of glory. You say, preacher, you ain't had a bad day. You don't know me very well, do you? I've had days when they said he won't live through the day. But God spared me anyway. I've had days where they said he won't even make it to the hospital and God spared me anyway. I've had days when I couldn't even see the danger and God put his hand between me and death and kept me here. I'm going to shout for a while because I know what God has done for me, church. I know what for God so loved the world means means he loved me as sorry a dog as I was. Worthless, useless, no good at all. 
nothing good in me. And he reached both nail-scarred hands and said, Come unto me, and I'll give you rest. I'm telling you, there's only one rest, there's only one peace, there's only one joy, there's only one hope, and his name is Jesus. That's what the world needs today is to go back to Genesis and see that God created this thing for it to be something good. And sin came into the world and made it bad. But thank God Jesus came back into the world and rectified and to set us right with God. And God loved us enough that he gave his only begotten son. Oh, glory to the Lamb of God that he loved me enough that he let his son die for me. question I need to ask today is do you love him enough to live for him? It got quiet. In verse 19 there in John this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. Men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. We're living in a day and an hour right now that when men are wanting you and I to agree and change our Bibles, to agree to their lifestyles, that their evilness is okay. I'm going to stick with this old King James Bible. I'm going to stick with my Savior Jesus. Amen. If he said it's sin, it's still sin. And he ain't going to change it for you or me either one. Amen. And we need to understand that today. We need to line up with the Bible, not get the Bible to line up with us. For God so loved the world that he gave us this book. And this book will help you find Jesus. This book will help you find peace. You know we're living in a world right now that suicide's the highest it's ever been. Isn't that sad? Let me tell you why part of it is, church, it's your fault. It's my fault. Because we don't take this book outside these four walls. They don't never hear nothing about Jesus outside the walls of the church anymore. When I was a boy, you could walk down the road, Anderson Branch, and you could hear them praying over in pine thickets. When I was a boy walking down Rice Creek and Flag Pond, Tennessee, you'd hear them up in the barn law, out in the hayfield, and them a-crying out to God. What happened to that church? We can't even hear them praying at church anymore. For God so loved the world that He gave, but it looks like we've quit giving. We've even quit receiving. Because the more you pray, the more you read, the more you seek God, the more God will give you. So how much do you love God today? Let me see if I can close. 
We say we love God. And I pray you do. But I asked you this morning, do you love God enough to give him yourself completely? Your time, your talent, your treasures. See, God made you very unique. You're the only you there is. There's some things that you can do that nobody else can't do. Now, see, I'm a jack of all trades, a master of none. I can do about anything and everything. Carpenter, heavy equipment, welding, plumbing, trees. I've done a little everything in my life, and God's been able to use that in the mission field. But God also wants to use it right here in Nebo, North Carolina. Have you ever just took a day and said, God, this is your day? All I'm going to do today is read the book, pray, and witness. Have you ever took that day? For God so loved the world that he took a day to die. We're talking about the birth of Jesus. Yes, he was born. But what about his death? Have you ever given God a full day of your life and said, God, this is your day? How many has ever took our airplane flight for five hours? How many has been on a cruise? How many has took a couple weeks vacation? How many has ever took one day for God and said, it's all yours? It's all yours. All I'm going to do today, God, is focus on you. Pray for me, church. That's what America needs right now is for the church to get back to where the church needs to be. When I was a boy, when the neighborhood had a problem, the first thing that was said through the whole neighborhood before there was ever a telephone, let's meet at the church house and pray. Somebody was sick, dying in the hospital, Let's meet at the church house and pray. Maybe it hadn't rained in a couple of weeks and the garden was drying up. Let's meet at the church house and pray. What happened to that, church? What happened to us saying, For God so loved me that I want to love Him the way he loves me. And just give him start with a couple of hours. God, I'm going to 
be at church every time the doors is open. God, I'm going to be at Sunday school. God, I'm going to be at revival. How many would like to have revival? I love revivals. You want me to tell you one reason I like revivals? I get to sit down and get preached too. I love to hear good men preach. I'd as soon hear them preach as me preaching. We got some good preachers that come this way. But church, I'm asking you, we're fixing to go into a new year if God allows it to roll around. For us to realize what God done yesterday. He gave us a birthday that we set aside for his darling son. And I don't take this wrong, please. Most places shut down yesterday completely. So everybody could have a day with their family. Go to church if they wanted to. But when have we just done that because we love God? When have we just said, boy, I wish they'd have church this Friday so I could go? When is the last time you come and just opened the gate and drove down here had prayer? When's the last time you went out in your own backyard and prayed to where some of the neighbors might have heard it? For God so loved the world that he gave us. He gave you this opportunity right now, right today, to say yes unto the Lord. First thing I want to ask you in closing this message, are you saved? You know if you're saved or not. You know exactly if you're saved or not. You know if you've been playing a game. You know that. Too many of us have been on both sides of that fence. Too many of us has done just the opposite of what we should have done. So I'm asking you this morning as I read you the story of Jesus being born Shepherds and wise men and all the things that happened. Do you realize that was for you? Can God count on you to be saved? Let's all stand, every head bowed and every eye closed. One of my piano players come and play something softly. I'm charging you right now before God Almighty to hear my words. From Genesis to Revelation, you'll find, for God so loved the world. From Genesis to Revelation, you'll find where it says, God loves you. My first question to you this morning is, do you really love God? Some are already here in the altar praying. 
Do you really love him the way you should today? Are you 100% sold out to God? Or maybe you've just been holding back a little on him. You want to come this morning and say, God, I've heard the message this morning. For God so loved me that I need to love him with my whole heart. People are praying right now, what about you, friend? Do you need to come and say, Lord, I'm here. God, help me to give all, all my talent, all my treasure, all my time belongs to you, God. Help me to fulfill it, Jesus. People are praying this morning. Greatest story is ever told was there in the book of Luke. There was a virgin gave birth. And that little child's named Jesus. That was to grow up, bleed, and die for your sins. That's what he came for. That's what he did. And I'm asking you this morning to surrender all unto him. Surrender yourself to Jesus today, wholeheartedly. Let him change your desire. You want to hear the word of God, you want to hear gospel singing. You want to hear the word read to you, preached to you. You want to have church when your heart's where it ought to be and your life's where it should be. Would you come?